And it reads, and it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, uh, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of the nations, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shimabar, king of Zebum, and the king of Bela, which is in Zoar. All these were joined together in the vow of Siddim, which is the salt sea. Twelve years they served Shalomor, Shalomir, sorry, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. And in the fourteenth year came Shalomir and the kings that were with them and smote uh, Raphims and Ashereth, Karnaim and the Zuzims in Ham and the Imims and Sheve, uh, Karathim, well, Hebrew is hard, and the Horites in the Mount Seir, amen, unto El Paran, which is in, by the wilderness. And they returned and they came uh, to Enmesphat, which is in Kadesh, and smote all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites, uh, and dwelt in Hazon Tamar. And there went the king of Sodom, and the king of Gomorrah, and the king of Admon, and the king of Zebum, and the king of Bela, same as Zoar. And they joined battle with them in the vow, vow of Siddim. And the Chal and Chalamar, the king of Elam, and the title king of nations, and Armaphel, king of Shinar, and Ariot, king of Elisanar, four kings with five. And the vow of Siddim was full of slim pits, slime pits, that's tar pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, and they remained fled to the mountains, and they remained fled to the mountains. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, all his goods, and departed. Okay, so what just happened here in the first 12 verses is that there were five nations that were along with Sodom and Gomorrah that got destroyed. All right, now these, these five kings um, were Bera, the king of Sodom. Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shembar, king of Zobom, uh, yeah, Zobim, and the king of Bala. So Sodom and Gomorrah was not alone. It was three other nations, three other peoples, three other kings that were with them. Amen? They got attacked by this other group. And we know previously that Lot now lives in Sodom. He, they got attacked by this other group of kings. Uh, and they took everything, they, they took everything out of Sodom, they took everything, that, all the necessities, and they took their people, all right? And they also took Lot, because Lot and his family was living there. Now, verse 13 says, and there came one that had escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshel, the brother of Anar. And these were confederate with Abraham. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, and he and his servants by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also and the people. So Abraham uh, went and formed his own group of folks. He got his confederate, his, his boys, they formed an army, and they went and they, um, they, they attacked these nations that had Sodom and Gomorrah and these other guys captive, and they pretty much rescued. So, so now Sodom and Gomorrah and those other three countries, all their people and their goods, now Abraham has possession of. All right? Now, the Bible says in 17, the king Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the Shedder and of the kings that were with him in the valley of Sheve, uh, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Now, this is very interesting. And he was the priest of the most high God. All right. Now, the priest of the most high God, he came from Salem. And he blessed him, meaning Abraham, and said, blessed be Abraham, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high God, which he hath delivered thine enemies into the hand, and he gave him tithes of all. 
So that means all that Abraham had in his possession, including what he had just taken back, including the people of Sodom, Gomorrah, and those other sinful cities, he gave him a third, or excuse, he gave him a tithe, a tenth of all of that. Yeah. All right. And verse 21 says, And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. So he said, Give me my people back. But you can have all, all the goods that, 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 you know, all the goods that the people worked for and all that they have. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lift, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldst say I've made Abraham rich. So Abraham refused to take anything that belonged to Sodom, Gomorrah, or in these other nations. He refused it. Now notice now, he took a gift. The bread and the wine was a gift. He took it from Melchizedek, but he would not take it from the king of Sodom. Save only this, that which the young men have eaten, because his, his boys already ate some of the food, and a portion of the men which went with me, Anar, Eshkol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Amen? All right, that was a lot, so we'll, we'll get to work and we'll get it all explained and where I'm trying to go. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we're about to share. We ask now for your spirit of truth to be inside of us, and we pray now that it would just have its way in us. We thank you right now, Father God, for setting things in order in the name of Jesus. And God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you just use me to do what you called me to do. Pray now, say no more, no less than what you have me to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we still dealing with here reversing the curse reversing the curse so you know this whole month we've been dealing with curses so and I said this Wednesday I'm going to say it again um, that it's important uh, that when we do this study and you know that I presented and that we don't get caught up in the curses or in demon, demonology we have to be very the, the enemy is very crafty and, uh, you know, a lot of times what he'll end up doing is things that we think that we need. And we end up studying. We become, you know, so infatuated with demons that we miss God. And, and what I mean by that is, is that the enemy has no power over you. Amen. Amen. He has no authority over you. And we don't want, we just always want to be mindful uh, that we find God in every situation. And what I mean by that is that, is that we get too involved in this, we start looking for Satan. We don't seek for Satan. The Bible says Satan seeks after us. He goes and forth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he, he looks for us. We don't go looking for him. What we look for is for God. So in every situation that ends up bad, everything that, it, it, we always look for a God solution. Amen. Amen. We don't become ghostbusters. Everything is not the devil. Everything is not a curse. You went and lost $500 at the crap table. Guess what? That wasn't the, the, a generational curse unless you were a gambler. Amen. That was your foolishness. And so what we have to make sure that we don't do is that we don't accredit, because when we accredit everything to Satan, everything to demons, then what it does is it takes the responsibility off of us, our own actions. Oh, amen. And then when we take the responsibility and our eyes off our own actions, then we start blaming external forces. Then we feel like we're always right and there's no room for improvement or room for repentance. Amen. I mean change. I don't mean coming to my God, I'm sorry, and then go back and do the same thing. I'm talking about changing. Amen. Amen. So everything is not a devil. All right. So I just want to put that out there. So now we have to understand um, uh, that uh, we've, we've been talking about the last month, and I've been hitting on it. Really haven't really done a whole lot, but I've been hitting on it, especially those that was in the uh, conference, about climates and atmospheres. And we have to understand that spirits... Uh, only can come where the atmosphere has been set for them to be received. Anytime a spirit begins to feel uncomfortable, it will lash out. It, 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 will, it will look for another place, it will look for another body, it will look for another area because it doesn't want to feel uncomfortable. So many times you laid in the bed because, you were, because that demon that was in you made you uncomfortable. You ain't want to come to church. Amen. 
you know, you made every, I got a headache, uh, this is wrong, that's wrong. It was that enemy inside of you that was making you, because it doesn't want to be confronted. It doesn't want to be challenged. It doesn't want to get the right, it, 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 anything that belongs to Satan is a lie, so it doesn't want the truth. Hallelujah. So, 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 it, it, so it doesn't feel comfortable. So it has to be an atmosphere that's created in order for demons and in order for spirits and sicknesses to abide. Amen. To abide. So therefore, when we see a whole city uh, turn, heart turned from God, that has been an atmosphere that was created by the people in that city. Amen. That allowed these demons or these, these, these spiritual forces that are not of God to take residence. That's what's going on in Lang City. There's no way in God's name can all these casinos come here comfortably and, and have millions of people running in and out of them and people in the churches are struggling, get, filling, up, filling up. No way. There was an atmosphere created by this area that allowed that demon to feel comfortable here. And look what that has done. It has, it has taken our, our livelihoods away. It, 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 ha, it has caused separation in families. Uh, you know, it, it's very cunning, and we look at it as a job opportunity, but actually it's ran by the enemy. And, and I'm going to show you something. Uh, I was thinking, I said, man, the first casino came here in 1978. 1978. Like I said, um, in 2008, that'll be uh, 40 years. 40 years equals a generation. So the generation of people that are growing up now are being raised by casino workers. Amen. It's not a coincidence that this generation is the worst. They're being raised by people that can't even raise their children. Amen. These things have snatched livelihoods away. So, so we have to understand now, it creates an atmosphere where they feel comfortable and where they can reside. And this is what ha has happened in Sodom and Gomorrah and these other cities, is that there was an atmosphere created that allowed sin and demonology to feel comfortable in it. To the point to where when God was looking for 50 men, he couldn't find them. Couldn't find 10 righteous men. Abraham prayed, God, don't do it. God said, okay, you find me 50. I can do it. And then he came back, well, find me 10. He couldn't find 10 righteous men in these five cities. Could not find 10 righteous men. That is because the atmosphere that was created by the people living there bred these evil spirits to come in and take their city over. So now, and one of the sins that were amongst many was the spirit of homosexuality. Now, let me just explain this to you: that the hom spirit, this, this homosexuality thing, is is the root of it is lust. And the reason why I say that is because anytime you want to fulfill a fleshly desire that is outside of the will of God, it's a lust issue. Doesn't make a difference if it's spending. Doesn't make a difference if it's overeating. Doesn't make a difference if it's if it's uh, you know not prioritizing. Whatever type of lust, whatever type of things makes your life out of order, makes your life crazy, is an issue. It's a lust issue. Wanting what you want, when you want it, how you want it, regardless of who it hurts, regardless of whether it's right or wrong, regardless of any, that's, that is a lust issue. So we have to understand that the root of this homosexuality is lust. Amen. It is lust. So now, knowing, knowing that, knowing that, uh, the Bible tells us in, in the book of Romans chapter 1, uh, if y'all want to go there, y'all can. Romans chapter 1, I'm going to start with verse 20. I'm going to read down to 28. I want to show you something here. Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 20. Now, Paul says this, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even this his internal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So the invisible things of him that the creation of the world are clearly seen and understood. So that means God's will 
is seen, amen, and is understood in this earth. That's what he's saying. Even his internal power, so that what they are without excuse. Amen. So all this, I don't know if God, I don't know what, we can't speak. No, no, it is made clear what his will is. It is made clear what his way is. And so therefore, because of the clarity of it, no man is without excuse. All right, 21, because that, when they knew God, listen, they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now look how Paul is setting this thing up. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let me stop right there. So another, another uh, root of homosexuality is idolatry. Now we, have to, now we have to be very clear about this because anybody who suffers with lust and idolatry has the propensity to be homosexual. Well, wait a minute. You might say, oh, I will never do that. If you're dealing with a lust issue, that lust demon can get you so far out there. Come on here, somebody. If you're dealing with idolatry, those idols can, there are people right now that are Freemasons, that are Masons. And if you read that stuff, the stuff that they got to do, the higher they get up, are homosexual acts. Oh, and they ain't going to tell it. <laughs> but I won't tell it. They, they have to do homosexual acts. So when you worship idols, you don't know what you're going to end up doing. And so that's why we have to be very, very careful when we're dealing with idolatry and we, when we're dealing with worshiping the creation more than the creator. Am I making sense? That's what he says. Now here we go. He says, uh, verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up. All right, because they thought they were wise in this. You know, the, the, you know people that, that, that suffer with this, that, that suffer with homosexuality, they, they'll, if you talk to them, they're very cunning. They, they're, they're very, they, that's how they're able to they get, you know, people that aren't homosexual into, into that same lifestyle because they're very cunning and very seducive. Amen, amen. So it says here that, that they changed the truth of God into lie and worship and serve the creature of 26. For this cause God gave them up because of the idolatry, because they turned the truth of God into a lie. The Bible says God gave them up to vile affections. That means God let them do what it is that their wicked heart, their darkened heart that the Bible spoke about a couple verses before. He let them do what their darkened heart wanted to do. It's only God that's keeping you from doing what your wicked heart wants to do. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me. It's only God. Only God is keeping you back from the, the, the passions, the dark desires of your heart. And the Bible says that because these people turned the truth of God into a lie, because they wanted to turn their wrong into right, God said, I let them go. I turned them over. Amen. I turned them over to what they wanted to be. He said, I gave them to uncleanness. Amen. Through the own lusts of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. For this cause because of that, the cause of that the cause of them worshiping idolatry, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. He gave them up to vile affections. Now, I want you to understand something. Homosexuality is not about a partner. That's how it's blinding the church. It's blinding people because we make it a partner issue. Ah, I, you, I, I, I can't, how come I can't be with a woman? How come I love her? How come I can't be with a man? I love him. Uh, how, you know, how, how, how am I supposed to stop how I feel? It's not about how you feel. That's your lust talking. The same thing can be applied to a heterosexual relationship. You know you're not supposed to be with them. 
I love them. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. You better be careful before God turns you over. So we have to understand now, now that, that, that this thing right here is not about relationship. This is about denying God as the creator. That's what it says here. That they didn't worship God as the creator. Because, see, if we, if we just take that one simple, uh, one simple uh, characteristic of God as being creator, it would, it, it would stop out and demolish this whole homosexual lesbian thing. Why? And I'll show you why. Because in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God created male and female. He created them. All right? He created male and he created female. He created one male and one female to be together. Amen. Not one male and two females. Not two females and three men. Amen. Not five men and five other men on the other side, but one male and one female. That's how God created. That's easy and simple. And then the Bible said, I created them. He said, I created them. But then I, I did a mystery, as Paul calls it in, in the book of Ephesians. He said, I combined them and made them one. Through the institution of marriage. Amen. So now it's no longer male. See, that's the problem. It's no longer about male and female. If you're married, it's about being one. That's the mystery. It's not about a man's thing, a woman's thing. That's what we get caught up at. It's about one now. So now he said, I bring them into one. And he says, for this cause shall a man, y'all know this, leave what? And no, 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 no. Y'all move. Y'all moving too fast. He shall leave his what? Mother. And not his two moms. Not his two dads. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in this room. Clearly states for this cause, this cause only, not for another man, not for a zebra, not for anything, but for this cause only shall a man leave his mother and his father. Y'all see the institution being formed. And cleave to your what? Come on here, somebody. Not a man dressed in a woman as a woman. Because he didn't create that. He created one male. Come on here, somebody. And he created one female. All right? Now, now and he created them. So that, that, and Adam and Eve were perfect creations. This thing is so crazy. Let me tell you. And, and so you got to believe that we existed before we got here. And that's what we got to get a little deeper now because if you only view yourself as in this body, then that's all who you are. But guess what? This body is going to perish. But your spirit is going to live somewhere else. You're not going to talk to me in this room. So, so we have to understand that, that we were created before we were encapsulated. So what happened was God created us a perfect spirit, a perfect being before he breathed into that blessed dirt and then we became a living soul. Am I making sense in here? So if he made us perfect, my God, that means that there could not, there cannot be no confusion. Am I talking to somebody here? If he made you perfect, my God, that means that there cannot be no, God didn't make me right. Amen. And these are some of the things that being said, God made a mistake. I was supposed to be a woman. These are the things that people say. God made a mistake. How can you say that easily? Because they don't look at God as the creator. Because when you see God high and lifted up as Isaiah saw him, you won't say that about God. It won't be about what you feel and what you like and what turns you on and what makes you this and what makes you that. It will be like, God, how can I please you? I know I got some things inside of me that I shouldn't be feeling, but I want to please you, Lord. How do I please you? The joy of the Lord has got to be your strength. Not the joy in your own flesh, not the joy in your own body, not your joy in your own lust, not, not your joy in your, what you do, but pleasing God has got to be your joy. And until you please God, until pleasing God becomes your aim, you will always have issues. I just wish I had somebody here who wanted to please God. That's it. This is about pleasing God. We are here to give him glory. We're not here for nothing else. 
Now, I want you to see something. He made them one, and then he gives them the command. The first command that God ever spoke over a man and a woman, he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. That was a command from God to his creation. And anything that comes against that commandment is of the devil. Two men can't reproduce. God didn't make it that way. You're not going to talk to me in this. Two women can't reproduce. God didn't make it that way. I'm going to show you how serious this thing is. That, that when God wanted to make a nation, he chose one man that had a barren wife and he made a covenant with him. And told Abraham that through you all the nations are going to be blessed. He says your seed, somebody shall see, shall be blessed. This thing is so crazy that homosexuality is a direct attack against the will of God. Because how can God bless a seed if two people can't reproduce? You're not going to talk to me in this room. It's a direct attack against the commandment of God. So therefore, Satan's job is to make God to be a liar. So how can God work out the blessing for your generation if your generation is going to be stopped by a homosexual or a lesbian? God, the enemy doesn't want your generation blessed. He doesn't want your seed blessed. So what he'll do, he'll prevent it from even coming. Ooh, you ain't going to talk to me in this room. And we know that this is like Satan because did he not kill every male child in Bethlehem trying to get to Jesus? Did he not cause Pharaoh to kill every male child trying to get to Moses? We know the tricks of the devil. It's the same thing. So now he's not trying to kill them. He's trying to prevent them from even being born. This is serious. This ain't about male and male. It ain't about female and female. It ain't about feeling good. It ain't about marriage and benefits. They're all diversions. We're fighting the wrong battle. This is about God's will being done on the earth. God's will cannot be done if the enemy stops what God has ordained. So we have to understand that this is a direct attack. Because, see, God takes seed very seriously. And, 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 and let me show you something about Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what their problem was? One of their issues was they, they didn't know how to manage what God gave them. They didn't know how to manage seed. Because anytime you place your seed in the place where waste comes out of, it will never connect to, a, to, the, to the womb and produce anything. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me in this room. It, it, will, it, will, it, will, it will not, so, so they just mismanaged seed, and this is how serious it is. If you look in the Old Testament, I believe it was the book of Genesis, the old rule was that if your brother passed away, then the next brother took a wife, took the, that brother's wife, and if they didn't have a child, he made a child with them in their honor. That's how they used to do in the, in the Bible days. So, so it was, and that was considered to be honorable. So if I had a brother that passed away and he didn't have any children, then I would take his wife, marry his wife, and then I would have a child in his honor. Amen. And, and, and so this thing is so serious that there was this one guy in the Bible that, that, that amen, that when he took his brother's wife and he was having intercourse with him, he, he, he did the withdrawal method. So every time it was time for him to implant the seed, he pulled out. And so it happened so many times that God finally struck him dead. Killed him. Because God doesn't like wasted seed. He gives us these things. See, these are mechanical things. This is how God created us. Am I making sense in this room? Yeah, this is how God created God created man to be the giver. God created woman to be the receiver. He created, he created woman to, uh, to be, have reproductive organs and to reproduce. So therefore, now it has to be only one act can get reproduction done. Amen. Anything else is what they call artificial. Oh, God. You ain't going to talk to me in here. And they, and they adopting children. Yeah, they're adopting children. I, I saw this special... Two men adopted five black boys. Y'all saw that? Uh, maybe even more five, but they had four, five, about five black boys. Ten of them, ten black boys. You know, two white men uh, uh, adopted ten black boys. And, and, and so what they're doing now, and we don't say, oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. There is a problem because what they're doing is they're implanting in their minds. 
you ain't gonna talk to me in here. They're starting young. They're showing them the love that two heterosexuals wouldn't show them. That's why it's important, women, to stop trying to have abortions every time you get pregnant. That's why it's important, women, to stop trying to put kids up to for adoption, trying to hide your sin. Oh, amen. And that's why it's important, man, that if you get a woman pregnant, to be a man and take care of that child because you don't know what danger you're going to put that child in. It's not about you. So what? They know you've been having sex. You ain't the only one. Come on here, somebody. You ain't going to be the last. So what? God will make a way. So what? You don't have enough money. God will make a way. If you believe that he is the creator, then you got to believe that he's the Jehovah Jireh. And the Bible says that my God shall supply all my needs according to riches and glory. Y'all not going to talk to me. So, all right, he says, for this cause, he gave him up to what vile affections. Now here, now, now we, now we getting, so, you know, because now uh, many of, of, of the, uh, of the, um, the people that, that are, you know, religious people, what they're doing now is they're condoning homosexuality and they've got new doctrines that the Bible said was going to happen. The Bible said it was going to happen. They got new doctrines now that are saying that the Bible is not saying that homosexuality is wrong. That's what they're saying. They're changing these scriptures up. But I'm going to show you here something very, really, you know, what it means is what it means. He says, for even their women change the natural use in that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Listen what they do. Burned in their lust one toward another. Burned in their what? Lust. Not companionship, not love. Oh, amen. Vile affections. Two women weren't made to love each other that way. Two men weren't made to love each other that way. Amen. They just weren't. I didn't write this. Men working, it says right here, he, he, says, he says, men with men. Paul couldn't even write down what it was. He says, working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense. Look at that recompense, that word again. Of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. He, he said they did not retain God in their knowledge. They didn't retain him. Getting this word don't mean nothing. We can shout all day. By the tape, I, I encourage that. Amen. But if you don't retain it in your knowledge, come on here, somebody. In your knowledge, it doesn't mean anything. He says right here, he says to retain them in the knowledge. He said God gave them again. Once again, God did this. God gave them over. A, a homosexual is, is a is an example of a person that God turned over. That's, that's all it is. Now, now, now I want you to understand something now. There are those that struggle in homosexuality. And that struggle becomes like any other struggle. It's a struggle. But I've stopped by and tell you, you don't have to struggle anymore. Not in this, not in that, not in whatever, not it doesn't. You don't have to. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in this room. We're going to get to that in a minute. But you don't have to struggle in that anymore. But there are those who ain't struggling that are comfortable, that look for women to turn out, that look for men to turn out, that want to be in this relationship, that, that desire this more than they desire anything else. And they got collars on and they sitting in the pulpits and they playing the musicians, they, the musicians, the deacons, they're all over the place. But here's, here, you know what they are? They are an example of this, of God turning them over to the reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. God turned them over. 
Now I want to show you something here uh, also. Um, now in our, in our text, I want to show you something. Let me get to this text real quick. In our text, I want to show you something that, that you know, that, that, that first of all, Lot, in about Genesis 12 or 13, probably 13, Lot and Abraham had a dispute. Lot is Abraham's uh, nephew. He, they had a dispute, and Abraham's like, look, you know, there's more than enough land out here. We don't have to be in each other's way. You take your stuff, go this way. I take my stuff, go that way. Lot made a decision to take him and his family towards Sodom. The Bible says he lived outside of Sodom at first. But then before you know it, he lived in Sodom. Now, now we have to be very careful because Sodom is very appealing. He chose Sodom because of, it looked like a land flowing with water. It looked like it had plenty. Am I making sense? So, it, that, so that lifestyle looks great. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. Let them, show, let them show you pictures of homosexuals and lesbians, and they all around having a great time, and, and they all around, uh, you know, twirling, and especially those that, that don't care. It looks appealing. Like, wow, these are some happy people. I'm, I'm just saying. It looked appealing. So what? So I'm not saying that Lot was a homosexual, but whatever he saw looked appealing. So he said, well, let me just go see what they're doing over there. You know, let me go over to that gay bar. I know I ain't gay. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Now, men might not do that, but I know some women that do. Oh, amen. They out with their friends, and they gay, and they supporting them. All right, amen, amen, amen. And they go in these gay clubs. So let me go see what they're going to look like. It's fun over here. And before you know it, what looks fun, you're doing. You don't want to talk to me in here. So, so, so he ended up in Sodom. Now, I want, to remind, I want to show you something. He ended up in Sodom, and then Sodom got attacked. Sodom and Gomorrah, these other cities, they got attacked. Abraham got word. Somebody, like I said, they said, you read it. They escaped. They told Abraham, look, somebody got Lot, somebody got your nephew, they all, you know, got, so Abraham formed the army, he went and got his people, got, when he got his family, he freed the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, he took them back, they belong to him now. So now I want you to notice something, I want you to notice the high priest that comes in. The high priest comes in, Michelzadik, he comes in, and the Bible says that he has bread and wine. He has communion. He is called the high priest. There's nobody else before, uh, before uh, 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 Moses' brother Aaron that was even called a high priest. He was the king of Salem, and he was the high priest. Amen. And he came offering the, uh, with, he came with uh, an offering and with a sacrifice of bread and wine. Amen. Now I want to let you know that, that this Meshazadik was a re, was a carnation, reincarnation of Jesus Christ. That was Jesus Christ that showed up. And what he did was when he came and he saw Abraham, he went and, and because he, he, he because now he came because he he, he would say, I'm in agreement with what you did, Abraham. I'm in agreement with you going to those people that were unclean. Going to those people that, that were doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. And you didn't condemn them. You didn't say that's what they got. You went and you rescued them. You ain't going to talk to me this room. And God was giving Abraham his stamp of approval. And then he showed up. And the Bible says he showed up with communion. <laughs> with the foreshadow of the new covenant. Don't y'all miss this. He showed, up with the, he showed up with the new covenant already in the book of Genesis. He showed up with the new covenant. And the Bible says that when Abraham realized what was going on, that he gave him a tenth. That means what he took. Now, don't get so caught up in the tithing aspect. What he, the dirty, the, 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 the people that were vile and had been turned over to their own affections and that were homosexual and lesbians and that were liars and cheaters, he gave a tenth of them back to God. Y'all missing this? He gave, he gave them back to God. I'm going to make it sense. He gave them back to the king, and, but then the Bible says that the king of Sodom came. One of his people back. Amen. 
And he said, well, look, just give me my people. You keep the goods and all. And Abraham refused. He refused to take anything from Sodom. Because he realized that anything from Sodom is not of God. People of God, we got to refuse to take anything from Sodom. One thing that the church has done because we want to promote love and, we, and, and see that God's love is really, you know, we can't really comprehend this thing. It ain't, it ain't about loving people regardless of what they do. Oh, no, no, it's really not. No, no, no. Let me explain this to you. And there's judgment in love. God loves his people so much that he will not let them mix with ungodly people. That's the only reason why there's a hell. To save us, to save those that he loves because he doesn't want to see those that he loves continue to slip and fall due to ungodliness. So, 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 so now we have, the church has taken this complacent, relaxed view and we take, we don't want the people. Let's see how we do. We don't, oh, we, we come and preach about it but then we take the goods. That means we take their gifts. We let them play. Oh, wait a minute. We let them direct the choirs. Oh, come on here, son. You ain't going to talk to me. Huh? We, 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 we reject them. We won't hang out with them. We won't, you know, we won't, won't, we won't confront them. We won't pray. We won't talk to them. We won't try to count. We won't try to get to the bottom of it. But we'll take their goods. As long as they make my church look better. Come on here, somebody. As long as they bring people together. As long as I get more money flowing through here. You ain't going to talk to me in this room. And that's what we're doing. We're becoming, uh, we're doing what Abraham wouldn't even do. Abraham said, take all of them. I don't want none of them. The ones that, that didn't, I didn't give back to God, take them. And Sodom took them and they ended up going right back to what they were doing because God, the Bible says that God sent an angel. He sent an angel down, and he told, and he, and before that, he told Abraham. He said, "I hear the, I hear the crying. I hear them crying out. I hear the sin. It's so bad that I hear it. And I'm sending an angel down to find out what's going on. And if they're doing what I've been hearing they're doing, I'm destroying it. And and, and just real quick, just fast forward. I want to show you, just tell you this brief story about what happened. In case you don't know it, that when the Abraham, when the when the angel went into Sodom, the Bible says that Lot saw him. Lot, Lot said, you know, come on, you know, I, I'll, I'll make you some dinner. He recognized who they were, and he recognized they were, you know, men of the most high. So he said, well, come on in my house. I'll make some dinner. They said, no, we're going to sleep out here. He says, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. Come into my house. We'll make you some dinner. He brought the angels into his house. He made them dinner. All of a sudden, a knock comes on the door. The Bible says every man in Sodom was at Lot's house. Every man banging his door down. They, and here's what they said. They said, give me those men so that we can have sex with them. That's what he said. That's what, and, and Lot, now I want you to listen to Lot's response. This is crazy. Lot said, wait a minute, don't do this to these men of God. I got two virgin daughters in the house. They never been touched. Take them. Some of y'all need to pray right now. <laughs> he, said, he, said to, he said to these men of Sodom, he said, take these virgin girls and do what you want with them. And they wouldn't even take them. Now, you know that ain't natural. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just saying, you know that ain't natural. They said they, they didn't even want these girls. They wanted those two men. It got so bad that they tried to break his door down. The angels had to intervene and, and had to blind the men. And then, and, then, and then the story proceeds. He Now listen, this is so how hard it is. I'm trying to tell you, it's hard to get out of that homosexual life. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. It's a hard thing to get away from that. Let me, let me show you now. Lot had a problem getting away from it. The angel said, Lot, get out of here. Get your family and get out of here. God's going to bring judgment to this place. And Lot stayed. 
God was so merciful that he sent the angels down there. They said, Lot, what you doing? They snatched him up, snatched his, no, no, first they said, well, look, they said, go tell your daughter's fiancés, because he, he, he's trying to say the whole house now. He said, he said, go tell them, get ready, we're getting out of here. The men wouldn't come. This is how, this is how crazy this thing is. The men knew that, that, that judgment was coming. They wouldn't leave. So then the Bible says that, they, he, that the angel grabbed up Lot. He grabbed his two daughters. He grabbed up his wife and he carried them outside the city. And he says, run to the hills. And he says, whatever you do, don't look back. And then the Bible says that they began to run. And Lot's wife, who thought she was missing something, now, the Bible doesn't say Lot's wife was a lesbian, but I, I can just assume that she had some type of lifestyle that she enjoyed inside him, that when it was being destroyed, she had to turn around and look. Because mind you now, he took them against kind of their own will. He came to the man and said, get your family out here. The man wouldn't even do it. So, so then, you know, so Lot's wife, the Bible says, turns around. And you know the thing, the ironic thing is the Bible says she came a pillar of salt. You know, and, and the, the, the irony of that is Christ said we're, we're the salt of the earth. And the irony of that is that here she is composed of all this salt, but yet didn't do any ministry work. Oh, come on here, somebody. Full of salt. She was full of salt. Whole pile of salt right there was used to be her. Full of salt, but did not minister to those people while she was there inside them. In fact, she joined in to what they were doing. This, this is how hard it is. But people will tell you that once you're gay, you can't go back. People will tell you that. People will tell you that. Lot is a living example that no matter what lifestyle you're in, if you listen to the Spirit of God and stop looking back. I know it was fun. You had a good time. Hey, hey, you, you fell in love or whatever you think it did. I, I know I, it was enjoyable. But stop looking back. Stop trying to move forward and still calling your lover. Stop trying to move forward and still hanging out at the clubs. Stop looking, stop trying to move forward looking back. Because you'll never fulfill what it is that God's trying to do. You ain't going to talk to me in this room. Let me give you one more scripture. Go to Romans. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Because see, the enemy is a liar. The devil's a liar. He wants to make you think that, that you can't do this. He wants you to make, but I want you to understand something, that it has to be detachment. You're not strong enough to try to get through this and still be best friends. You're not strong enough to try to get through this and still accept them in your home and still text them and still, y'all ain't going to talk to me in this room. You ain't strong enough. And in fact, what you're doing, you're testing God. You're telling God, deliver me, uh, even though I don't want to be delivered. You got to move beyond guilt. Guilt will only keep tears in your eyes. It won't push you to do God's will. The only thing that's going to push you to do God's will is the spirit of God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Y'all there? Y'all see it? It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Listen, who ain't, here's who's not going. Now, I know everybody like, you ain't going to heaven? You ain't going to heaven? Here's a list of who's not going. I ain't write this. So if you want to know who's going to heaven, here's the list. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Who's not going? If you want to know who's not going, so you can stop telling that family member you can't stand, you're going to hell. Amen. Because if they don't match this list, they ain't going. Here's who's not going. Here's who's not entering the kingdom. And first he says, be not deceived. What that means is don't think I'm lying. Amen. He says, neither fornicator, 
Amen. And I don't care uh, I don't, what law the state holds. God doesn't view two men or two women as a married couple. So therefore, any sex outside of marriage is fornication and adultery. Amen. He says, no fornicator, no idolater. Didn't we just talk about that? Huh? No adulterers, nor effeminate. That's homosexual. It says it right there. He says, no, no abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now here you got it. Now, now the debate should be closed. Debate, you know, it should be closed. It should be closed now. It tells us right here who ain't getting in. Amen. Now, verse 11. It's the shouting verse. And such were. Y'all just missed that. <laughs> Somebody shout were. And such were some of you. My God. Here comes some more shouting material. He says, but you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified. In, who, in whose name? In the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. So I'll stop by here to tell you, I don't care what it is that you've been involved in, what you've been, been doing. I don't care what it is, if it's homosexuality, adultery. I don't care if it's, if it's uh, 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 loitering. It doesn't make a difference because God says that when you've been washed in his blood. I wish I had some people in this room. He says, you once were these people. But since you've been washed in the blood of the lamb. Do I got anybody in this room that's been washed? He says, since you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, he says, you're no longer sinners, but you're saved by my grace. Is anybody here excited about that? I don't, I don't care what it is that the enemy's been trying to wreak in your house. I don't care what it is the enemy's been trying to get you to do. I don't care what it is that you think that you are. I've stopped by here to tell you, the blood of Jesus will save you. Somebody shout the blood. Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. Whatever it is that you've been dealing with, the blood of Jesus will save you from it. The blood will heal you from it. The blood will bring you out of it. The blood will lift you up. Is there anybody in this room that's thankful about the blood of Jesus? Oh, that ain't enough people in here. I said, is there anybody here thankful that you were once along this list, uh, but now you know in the name of Jesus, uh, that's not that's who I used to be, but now I'm somebody else. Uh, I'm a child of the king. Uh, is anybody here that's thankful uh, that you're no longer what you used to be, uh, but I'm a child of the king. Uh, I'm an heir to the throne. Uh, I'm a royal priesthood. Uh, somebody shout a yes. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, once were. Well, I mean, once was a lot of things. But thank God for the blood. My God. I, I, I once was a lot of things. Yeah, I once was a fornicator, but thank God for the blood. Yeah, I once was a liar, but thank God for the blood. Is there anybody in this room that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Well, my Bible tells me to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you've been redeemed from drugs, you ought to say something. If you've been redeemed from sex, you ought to say something. If you've been redeemed for illicit acts, you ought to say something. If you've been redeemed from lying, you ought to say something. If you've been redeemed from cheating, you ought to say something. If the God has delivered your body, you ought to open up your mouth and give God a praise. Because I'm not what I should be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Somebody give him a praise. Somebody give him a praise. Thank him for the blood. 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 It never loses power. Thank him for the blood.
on. How many people here? I got access now to the kingdom. I can come boldly to the throne of God. Uh, because I'm not looked at what I used to be. Uh, but thank God it was his righteousness uh, that clothed my body. Uh, thank God that when he looks at me, uh, he doesn't see the old me. Uh, but he sees the me uh, that's covered by the blood. Uh, is there anybody in this room uh, to know that there's a lamb's blood? Uh, that's been over your life uh, sickness can't keep you disease can't keep you sin can't keep you setbacks can't stop you for you the head and not the tail you're above and not beneath is there anybody here that knows that you're the lender and not the power and greater is he that's within inside of me than he that's with And he that's in the world stop looking at those people that's in the world doing the wrong thing as being your role models you're greater than them stop looking to the world to set your standard you're greater than them stop looking to the world to set what you want to be in life you're greater somebody shout I'm greater you're greater you're greater every generation is greater than the last you're greater than your mother you're greater than your father you're greater than your grandparents don't take on what they did you're greater than that God has blessed your seed to break the curse and in the name of Jesus your seed is already blessed so in the name of Jesus everything that you produce speak over it command it to do what it is that has been called to do shout yes shout yes shout oh yes listen 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 the Bible says, give me about five more minutes, I'll be out here. The Bible says that it was at midnight and Paul and Silas was in the prison pen. And the Bible declares that while they were locked up in prison, that they began to sing songs. They began to pray prayers. They began to send praises up to God. And the Bible declares that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when God heard them praising him, he left heaven, came down to the pen that they were bound in. And the Bible says uh, that he loosed their bands. Uh, and not only their bands, uh, but the bands of every prisoner uh, that was encapsulated by that prison. Uh, I stopped out here to tell you uh, that even when you're bound by something, uh, even when you're held back by something, uh, if you lose your mind, that's okay. Uh, if you lose some money, that's okay. Uh, if you lose some friends, that's okay. Uh, if you lose some family, that's okay. Uh, if you lose your house, it's fine. Uh, if your car gets repossessed, it's okay. Uh, but my God, don't lose your praise. Uh, is there anybody in this room uh, that haven't lost your praise? Uh, I've lost some other things. Uh, I ain't lost my praise. Uh, I might have lost some joy. Uh, but I ain't lost my praise. I might have lost some money, but I ain't lost my praise. Whatever you do, don't lose your praise because your praise is the calling card. And when God hears hallelujah, when God hears thank you, Jesus, when God hears Lord, I love you, when God hears thank you, he shows up right on time. Is there anybody in here that's a witness that when I begin to give him praise, God showed up. I was lying in a hospital. God showed up. I was the back of a police car. God showed up. I was in the middle of the divorce. God showed up. They just fired me from my job. God showed up. God showed up. And when he showed up, he showed out. Somebody give him a praise. 
just for showing up, just for showing out on my behalf. Thank you, Lord, for showing up. Thank you, Jesus, for showing up. You didn't leave me there. You didn't leave me bound. You didn't leave me cast out. You didn't leave me destroyed. But he showed up right on time. Somebody give him a praise for showing up. did God show up uh, on the behalf of Paul and Silas uh, but everybody Paul and Silas uh, was connected to uh, that was locked up uh, God showed up on their behalf too so you gotta give them praise uh, just not for your family uh, but for every family uh, that's on the face of this earth uh, because out of your belly uh, shall flow uh, rivers of living water uh, is there anybody in here that's ready to release a praise that's going to bring my community out that's going to bring my family out that's going to bring my loved ones out release a praise High five five people and tell them we coming out of this. We're coming out of this. It might have had me bound last season, but my praise is going to bring me out. My praise is going to bring you through. My praise is going to open up heaven. And the Bible says that God will tear up heaven. He's going to open up the heavens. Pour you out a blessing uh, that you won't have room uh, enough to receive. Uh, I dare you right now. Uh, I dare you right now uh, to give God a praise uh, unrestricted, uh, unadulterated. <laughs> give him a shit. Give him a praise uh, that's trampling over hell. Give him a praise that's breaking strongholds. Give him a praise that makes hell nervous. Give him a praise that flees demons. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. We're coming out. We're coming out. We're coming out of it. We're coming out of it. Sickness is your last chance. I'm leaving you behind. Adultery is your last chance. I'm leaving you behind. Fornication, your last chance. I'm leaving you behind. Somebody look behind you and say goodbye. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to Sodom. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. It's breaking, it's breaking, it's breaking, it's breaking, it's breaking, it's breaking. Tell me you messed with my kids for the last time. I hear you messed with my family for the last time. You messed with my household for the last time. It's over.
take about five minutes right now and just begin to give God a praise in your with your mouth begin to lift up your hands and begin to give him a praise because he's been good give him a praise